Hello and welcome to Punch a Hole in the Wind, a look at some of the great thoroughbred racehorses who have graced our racetracks all around the world over the last century or so. I'm Ollie Hine and it's great of you to join me on this exciting trip down memory lane. My aim is to both remind you of some of your heroes from years gone by, but also to introduce you to some others whom you may not be so familiar with. We make a rare trip to Asia today, this time to the early part of this century, when one lightning-fast thoroughbred finally made the racing scene realise that Hong Kong horses could enter world racing folklore too. A passionate and knowledgeable audience, a tremendous atmosphere, fantastic facilities, all that had been missing from Hong Kong were world-class horses who could look any other thoroughbred in the eye over their distance and soundly beat them. But the blossoming in the East happened pretty much simultaneously. At around the time that Deep Impact was shaking up the world order from Japan, Hong Kong discovered that it too had a world beater on its hands. Asia was no longer the poor horse racing cousin. For the first time in history, the international ratings were agreed that the fastest sprinter on earth for three years running was plying his trade at Sha Tin Racecourse. And his name was Silent Witness. Silent Witness's stellar performances could not have come at a better time for the Hong Kongers. Whilst nearly two decades later the world would fall into the clutches of a pernicious pandemic, those in Hong Kong had seen it all before. As in the early years of the century, the territory was gripped by the SARS epidemic, meaning masks, social distancing, economic downturn and lockdowns were already well known to them. There was a yearning for a hero of any description, and he filled that hole magnificently. So many of the best racing stories display humble origins, and Silent Witness was no different. Fold in Australia, his sire El Moxie had never hitherto set the world alight, either on the course in the US or in the breeding shed, and had been, in the words of one unforgiving hack, relegated to the Tasmanian bush. Silent Witness's dam, Jade Tiara, matched that level of ordinariness, so expectations were hardly elevated. He was bought by a shipping magnate from Macau called Arthur Antonio da Silva, Archie to his friends, and brought over to run in Hong Kong, almost exclusively at the oasis of green within a concrete quagmire that is Shatin Racecourse. He was placed into training by Tony Cruz, a familiar figure to European racegoers in the 80s when, as a jockey, he had partnered the fantastic mare Triptyque on several of her top-level victories. Silent Witness, meanwhile, would be partnered throughout his 29 races by top South African jockey Felix Kurtzier. Maturing slowly, but gradually turning into a handsome, chunky gelding, Cruz saw plenty of speed in him, so tried him over five furlongs for his first race in December 2002, which the three-year-old polished off four lengths clear of the field. The following month, he had to go over a furlong further, and he found that just as easy. Back at five furlongs for his third outing, and he blixed it in a mouth-watering 55.5 seconds. Those two sprint distances would be his bread and butter for the next three seasons. And what Silent Witness achieved in those years was something that the race-mad public of Hong Kong and the racing world beyond would never forget. Seldom had anyone from any country seen such a sense of inevitability pervade the usually risky mix of thoroughbreds running together around a tight circle at over 40 miles an hour. Whether he started slowly 
or, more often, with an electric burst from the starting gates, he has the reflexes of a springbok, Kurtzia would reflect. The only two things that were certain were that night would follow day and that Silent Witness would win his races. Many were Group 1s, and some were against fields attracting top international sprinters, enticed by Hong Kong's generous prize money. But all was swatted away with contemptuous ease. Quickly, a proper fan club grew, and the word phenomenon was seldom more apt. Many would watch his races wearing colours to match their heroes' black and green silks, and he was the first horse in Hong Kong to have his own website. By the end of his second season, Silent Witness had won his first 11 races, thus beating the long-standing Hong Kong record of Kotak, ridden, ironically, by Cruz. Race commentator David Raphael's elated outburst as he crossed the line to break the record, think of the best, he's better, soon entered local racing law. International judges were unequivocal too, and named him world champion sprinter for each of his first three seasons, a novelty for a horse trained in Hong Kong, but questioned by absolutely no one. His ability to quicken towards the end of races, which were designed to be run flat out from the start, was mesmerising. In some of the victories, Kurtzia didn't move on him. You sometimes see this in middle distance races, very occasionally in top draw ones, but pretty much never in group one sprints. By now, he had taken all the top sprint prizes in Hong Kong. The Bauhinia Sprint Trophy, the Centenary Sprint Cup, the Chairman Sprint Prize, the International Sprint Trial, and the Hong Kong Sprint. In the latter, he raced against several top European sprinters, all of whom were gasping by halfway before he pulled further away. Loving every moment of it was Ona da Silva, thunderously popular, extrovert, and a man who never believed in washing his mouth out with soap and water. We fucking shat on them, he exclaimed in the aftermath, and he wasn't wrong. The next target was to break the number of consecutive victories by horses in the post-war era, with the magic number 16 held by three legendary champions. Cigar, Citation and Rebo. With crowds 50% bigger than usual, as they always were when he ran, he won the Six Furlong Chairman's Sprint Prize for the second time to equal the record. And then, three weeks later, running over seven furlongs for the first time in the Queen's Silver Jubilee Cup, he led from pillar to post to win 17 out of 17. To say that the locals were excited would be underplaying it. During the day, the Hong Kong Jockey Club had let in free anyone wearing official Silent Witness t-shirts or even displaying the latest merchandising gimmick, a Silent Witness credit card. They had also run a competition with Silent Witness baseball caps as prizes. But every single one of the 60,000-strong crowd wanted one as a souvenir of the day, and the ensuing mini-stampede put 26 people in hospital. This would prove to be the zenith of this incredible gelding's career. Never once to shirk from a challenge and with absolutely nothing to prove. Connections wanted to see if there was any chance he could last out a full mile. The 8 million Hong Kong dollar champion's mile was chosen, where he would come up against star miler and stablemate bullish luck. Despite the unknowns, the crowd still made Silent Witness the odds-on favourite. Most with no intention of cashing their tickets in, but rather to be part of more history. In rain-softened ground, Kurtzia sprang his charge straight to the front so that he could control the pace and preserve his horse's stamina. 
In the home straight, he pulled away. And déjà vu nearly kicked in. But in the final furlong, the question was answered. And there was nothing left in this sprinter's tank. Meanwhile, bullish luck, under a canny rail-hugging ride from globe-trotting French jockey Gérald Mossy, crept up in the last 80 yards and pipped the hitherto unbeaten gelding by the shortest of heads. Chartin was in shock. As Kurtzier later reminisced, that day it was very loud all the way down the straight, but in the final stride something very strange happened. All of a sudden, it was like somebody switched off the volume. I was just so disappointed, not just for silent witness, after all the hype, but for the people. I had to come back, and it was as if I didn't just have to face the crowd, but all of Hong Kong. The journalist didn't need asking twice to switch on the hyperbole. One even wrote, The painted ones in the stand looked bereaved, silent witnesses to the death of their dream. Connections, for some reason, were desperate to show that he could indeed last out the mile, and therefore sent him a month later on his first foray abroad, in the Yasunakinen in Tokyo. The same thing happened, this time with their charge coming a close third. Finished for the season, he nevertheless started the next back in Japan, this time over his preferred six furlongs at the Sprinter Stakes in Nakayama. It was both a stunning victory in an incredibly quick 1 minute 7.3 seconds and was also his last. He was beginning to show less enthusiasm, and his weight, always considerable, had begun to steadily go up before each subsequent race. The glory days were over, and his legs were getting old, but the public still adored him, and not just in Hong Kong. Americans saw a clear parallel between him and Seabiscuit, their underdog hero of the 1930s Depression era. Time magazine thought nothing of including him in their list of 24 people, yes, people, who mattered most in 2004. The Hong Kong Jockey Club didn't hesitate to put his statue up at Sha Tin, in glorious full gallop, with a celebrating curtsier on top. As De Silva would reflect, sporting heroes mean a lot in hard times. You would turn around and see the crowds cheering, stomping their feet for him, and you suddenly realise this horse was making people happy just when they needed it. He touched people with the spirit of Hong Kong. To find out more about Silent Witness and other greats from the past, check out my book, Punch a Hole in the Wind, out now and available online and in bookshops. Next time, we'll go to a different part of the world and share the exploits of another great horse from another era who could punch a hole in the wind. But until then, this is Ollie Hine signing off and saying thank you for listening.